We are learning the Sicha on Parshas Shoftim in Chelek Chavdalit of Lakutis Sichas, and we are learning the first Sicha in that Chelek. So, in this Sicha, we learn about the mitzvah that appears in Parshas Shoftim, Mitzvah Sminoi Melech, the mitzvah that Bnei Yisrael have to appoint a Melech. If we go into the Chumash, in Parshas Shoftim, we find that the Pesach tells us that when you come to the land that Hashem, your God, is giving you, and you inherit the land, and you settle the land, and you say, Asima alai melech, I would like to put upon myself a king, kechol ha'goyim, like all the nations that are around me, som tasim alecha melech, you should appoint upon yourself a king, that Hashem will choose him from amongst your brothers, you should appoint for yourselves a melech, a king. And when we come to this mitzvah, there is a well-known question. The question being that if we go to our history a little bit later, or quite some time later in the times of the Novi Shmuel, the Jewish people came to Shmuel. This is way after they had settled the land. And they said, Tna lanu melech. Give us a king. We want to have a king. And we see in the Navi there that Shmuel was very disappointed, very unhappy about this. Not only was Shmuel upset about this, but Hashem also was unhappy, as Hashem said to Shmuel that by asking for a melech, ki osima osu vigomer. They have, the Jewish people have disgraced me. Now, how could this happen if we know that there is a positive mitzvah in the Torah, that Hashem literally commanded the Yidin, as we just quoted from Parsha Shoftim? And especially if we go according to the famous teaching of the Chachomim, very well known, the Jewish people were commanded to fulfill, through, to fulfill three commands, three mitzvahs when, upon entering the land. One of them was, to appoint a melech, we know the other one was to destroy a Amalek, and we know the third of these was to build a base Amikdash. So from here we understand that this is a very superior kind of mitzvah, and it's from the mitzvahs that actually depend upon and hang upon being in the land. And if they're asking for a king at that time was something that was not desirable, perhaps, then why did Hashem then tell the Novi Shmuel that he should fulfill the wishes of the Yidin and he should certainly appoint a king over them? In Chsidis, there is an explanation. What is really the intent? What is really the goal of appointing a king upon the Jewish people that Hashem gave it as a mitzvah? And this appointment of the king can happen in two different ways one being superior to the other. So the first explanation for this mitzvah, a simple, literal explanation, is really connected to what we learn in Pirkei Ovos. In Pirkei Ovos, we learn, it's in the third Perek of Pirkei Ovos, in the second Mishnah, one should pray for the welfare, welfare of the government. If not for the fear of government, one man would swallow the other alive. So a king is very important. One central leader who guides the people, who helps the people, who shows the people how to conduct themselves. And this way, there will be a stable society. 
and even when people themselves understand that a human being must conduct himself properly, but that is not sufficient because we know that not everything we do is based on our understanding, on our intellect. As we know from the last portion of the Shema, uh, we say Rashi tells us what is the process of a sin. The eye sees, the heart desires, and this leads the person to go and do the Avera. Therefore, we cannot rely on society alone. One must have a king, a king who imposes the fear of the kingdom on the people. And because of the fear and the awe that the people have in reference to the king, the people will conduct themselves in a proper way. This is one explanation. The other explanation, if one is living in a kind of situation of mayach shalit that there is a consistent and constant control or dominance of the mind over the heart, then we obviously would perhaps not need a king. But there are certain things that the people cannot figure out on their own regarding certain conduct, certain behaviors. But the king, who is superior to the people, according to what we learn about the king in the Torah, and we learned this from the first king ever appointed, in the times of the Novi Shmuel, that it says about him, about Shaul HaMelech Meshich from his shoulder on up, he was by far superior, by far higher than all the other people. So this king understands things that the ordinary people, the regular society does not understand, and he can give out ordinances and commands how the people should conduct themselves. And when the people of the society hear what the king commanded, they will fulfill what the king says. So this is really an inner meaning or this is really the meaning that's at the root of B'nai Yisrael, of the Jewish nation having a king, because their master and their king is really Hashem. Hashem is our king. So why do we need a king of flesh and blood? But the king and flesh, flesh and blood that we are in this parsha commanded to a point is sort of an intermediary, sort of an individual who helps reveal to the Jewish people whatever has to rebuild about the greatness and the kingship of Hashem. Now we know that all Yidin, just by virtue of the fact that they are Yidin, believe in Hashem, all Yidin understand and feel that all the vitality we have comes from Hashem, from Hashem's domain. And this is supposed to bring out, this is supposed to call forth from the people a bitl, a kind of self-nullification, a kind of selflessness regarding Hashem. But when we are in a situation that we don't have this bitl fully, so we need to have a king, a human king, a king of flesh and blood. And by fearing his kingship, his malchus, his dominance, then it creates in the people a fear and a bitl to Hashem, to Malach Malchem, Lachim HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, at a time when Yidin are the way they are supposed to be, and they actually have this kind of bitl, this kind of feeling of selflessness, this kind of feeling of self-nullification towards Hashem on their own, then why do we need a king in that kind of situation? So, so this explains that the levels of a lakus that Yidin can reach, they can reach on their own, but there are certain levels that an individual cannot achieve on their own, 
because this is completely above, completely higher from human intellect, but the king, being who he is, the chosen king, he has some kind of comprehension of these things, and he can draw forth, and he can bring these revelations to the Jewish people, and this accomplishes in the Yidden a higher manner, a higher level of fear of Hashem and awe and bittel, and this is higher than anything a person could arrive at on his own. Now, according to this, we will be able to answer the questions we raised in the beginning. In the beginning, we said, why do we have such a mitzvah altogether if Hashem is the king? And why then, if that's the case, was the Navi very disappointed when the Yidin said they want to have a king? And Hashem said to the Navi that he's even more disappointed and we know that upon entering the land, the Jews are supposed to uh, appoint a king in order to fulfill the other two mitzvahs. We said there were three mitzvahs that they were supposed to fulfill ultimately when they come to Eretz Yisrael. So then, why, why was it bad? And if it was bad, why did Hashem tell the Novi Shmuel to definitely fulfill the request of the Yid? So now let's see. If we think about the relationship of the Novi Shmuel and the Jewish people, as their Novi, he wanted that they should be living in such a manner that they themselves experience this bittel to Hashem without anyone having to help them experience it. And they would not need a king for that purpose. And the only reason they would need a king that is to fulfill the higher level of Euro, which the individual person cannot come to on his or her own, a superior kind of Euro, which we call Euro Elah, a higher kind of fear and awe of Hashem. But when the Yidin asked for the king, we have to carefully look at exactly what they said. They said the following words, we want a Melech, a king, to judge us, like all the nations have. Why do all the nations have a king? So we explain this based on the Mishnah from Pirkei Avos, because without the rule of government, without the rule of a higher power in the society, one person would, follow, would swallow the other alive. And this indicates that the Yidin were lacking a certain level of Yeras Shamayim, a certain level of fear of God, which Jews could have on their own, and that's why the Navi was upset, and that's why Hashem said to the Navi Shmuel, they didn't only disappoint you, Ki Ma'asu, they also disappointed me because they are lacking in Yeras Shamayim. So now we understand that therefore Hashem gave into what they wanted and asked the Navi to appoint for them a king. What are we really understanding? So the Rebbe says it very clearly that when a Jew is lacking in Yeras Shamayim, no matter what the cause is, but the person is lacking, even though he on his own is not supposed to be lacking, he's quite capable of achieving it on his own. But if the person cannot achieve it on his own and he doesn't have the influence or the benefit of the Melech to reach this Bittal, one can't wait for the person to reach it on his own because if a person is lacking in Yeras Shamayim, it's such a terrible thing and we're letting the person remain with a lack of the acceptance, the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. So automatically, 
We have to give this person a king. We have to give the Jewish people a king if they were in that situation, which was not ideal, but that's what the fact was. And by giving them a king, these kind of matters will definitely be looked after and be taken care of. And if they have this king and these matters of lack of fear of Hashem and related matters are taken care of, so eventually with the passage of time, the person himself on his own will come to the level of experiencing true Yeras Shamayim, a true bittel before the king. And this will, of course, lead him to the highest level of a king, which will draw down all kinds of godly light and godly understanding from Hashem in a way that a person, a regular individual, cannot on his own. And that's why this would really represent the higher level of having the king. So the king is really helping us to reach ultimately that higher level, even if we are too low to have proper Yeras Shamayim on our own. After explaining this, the Rebbe says that everything we learn, we have to take out a practical hora'ah, a practical lesson, a practical application in our own divine service. So now we are in Golos, and even though we are in Golos, and we can't have a Melech, our sages tell us that who are, so to speak, our Melochim, our kings today? These are the Rabbanim, these are the Chachamim. Just like when we have, we have a mitzvah to appoint a king. Similarly, even when we don't have a Melech collectively as a nation, every Yid has an obligation to have his or her own personal king, his or her own personal Rav, and the Rebbe quotes this from Pirkei Avos, Aseilach Rav, which is actually mentioned or taught twice in the first Perek of Pirkei Avos, one earlier on in the Perek where it says Nitai Harbeili, one of the Zugos from the pairs of leaders who led the Jews in the early generations uh, of the Mishnah. He says Aseilach Rav, and later on towards the end of the Perek, Rabban Gamliel also says Aseilach Rav. Literally, it means make for yourself a Rav. A Rav, Rabbanon, these are the ones who guide us to all the higher levels and all the basic levels first of Yerashamayim that we need. So based on this, we have the a lesson from the above thing we learned. There are some people who think that regarding simple matters, or that ever uses the word lower lower things, we on our own can understand and comprehend how to act and make our own decisions and resolve our own issues. And therefore, these kinds of things, we don't have to go to a superior. We don't have to go to a rav. But the Mishnah says these words, Asei lecha rav. And the Rebbe says, emphasizing, Yedarid, every single Yid must have a rav, must have someone of this nature with whom they can communicate to grow in their Yeras Shamayim. And even though the people may think, we may think that we refer here to very lofty spiritual matters, supernal matters, we have to go to the Rav. But when it comes to basic, simple things, we believe in ourselves. We don't need to have Hashpa. We don't need to have somebody to inspire us. This we can do on our own. So the Rebbe said, yes, but if we follow this kind of approach, a certain period of time will pass, and this individual will still remain in that low level, 
without consulting anyone for advice. And nonetheless, the person thinks it's not worth it for me to go to my Rav. He will wait, and Trevor quotes the expression, which is really a puzzle in the Novi Yeshaya, where it speaks about the not good things that were going on in Yerushalayim, but we know that these things will go away. People think that, yes, it means over there that finally Hashem will pour down his blessings from above and everything will be solved. So this person thinks the same thing will happen. He'll get the blessings coming from above and then he'll be awakened with real fear, with, with real Yeras Shamayim. And he will rectify whatever it is that needs rectification, but he will do it or she will do it completely on their own. Therefore, we have a lesson from the mitzvah of Minoy Melech of appointing a king in Ruchnius, spiritually. Now we fulfill this mitzvah spiritually. Even though it says, Somtosim Alecha Melech, Bayidin, what's the point of the Melech? The Melech is Alecha on you, upon you. The achievement and the accomplishment of the Melech is essentially above you for higher things. But when we are in a situation where Hashem could say, when we ask for the Melech in the Novi, O Sima that what we do does not find favor in the eyes of Hashem, or even if in the slightest way there is a suspicion or doubt that we don't find favor in the eyes of Hashem, we must immediately have the fear of the Melech upon ourselves. And in conclusion to the Sikha, the Rebbe notes the following, that some people, there are some individuals who say that they cannot find a Rav. Perhaps they would like to have a Rav, but they can't find the appropriate individual to approach. Therefore, these people have to know that making such a statement, feeling this type of reaction to Asayla Kharav comes from the Yetzir Hara. It is something that the Yetzir Hara pushes one to think because we know there is a statement in the Medrash, Lo Alman Yisrael, the Jewish people are not widowed. There is no generation that doesn't have someone in it like Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's not possible that amongst the Jewish people there should not be at least one who has more love of Hashem and more fear of Hashem than this individual. And that would qualify that person immediately to be the Rav for the individual who feels that he can't or she can't find anyone suitable. Now, notice it says in the Mishnah, Asay Lecharav. It doesn't say acquire a Rav, it doesn't say hire a Rav, it doesn't say find a Rav, but it says Asay. The word Asay means to do or to make, but it can also mean Milashon, to make someone do something. Like it says, Ma'as in Al we can impose upon people, we can compel people to give staka. A person has to be made to bend, to bend one's own ego, and a person must be made to labor and toil at this as much as necessary in the search of finding a Rav, because ultimately the person will find the Rav. And one is not allowed to rely on oneself in matters where one needs to make these decisions. One must have a Rav, and we all know another principle, which now every child knows from the Tov Sukkot by Mamare Chazal, Yagata 
Umatsasa, the only way there could be success is if you toil and labor. And if you toil and labor at achieving something, you most certainly will succeed. You most certainly will find what you're looking for. So if one will labor and search mitan emes in a real, true way, with real sincerity, one will find their Rav. And what will the Rav do for the individual? The Rav will study until this, these ideas penetrate that person who's coming to that Rav, the portion of the Torah that the Melech would read to the Jewish people in a year of Hakel, when the Jewish people would congregate in the Beis Hamikdash. Uh, once in seven years, on Sukkot, this is the mitzvah of Hakel, which we're all familiar with, and the king would stand on the platform and he would read from the Torah. And what did he read? He would read the parsha of Shema, and he would read the parsha of which appears in Parshas Ekev in this Chumash and note that we are all familiar with this we say it every day when we daven and Shema, the portion of Shema is before the portion of Hayim Shema whenever we daven we always say the portion of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad first with Hafta that follows and then we go on with Hayim Shema and I think it's the Mishnah that asks why do we start with the Shema and then follow with Hayim Shema and the Mishnah answers because before we can accept the yoke of mitzvot, because the Bahayim Shamoa is really a prayer, a passage of Torah that we say in our davening that is contingent on our doing mitzvot. It begins, if you will listen and if you will do the mitzvot and do whatever Hashem wants, then you will have all the blessings and the Torah goes into listing the blessings. And if God forbid you don't do the mitzvot, it goes into a discussion of the galus that will follow and of course, continues to tell us that in that Golos we will do the mitzvahs, and ultimately it goes to the end, and ultimately it has a remis for Trias HaMesim. But that is contingent on the first passage that we say, the Shema Yisrael section of the Chumash, because in Shema, it's not something that's telling us what will happen if we do the mitzvahs, what will be the rewards, etc. But the Shema is proclaiming the oneness of Hashem. So whereas Vahaya Im Shamoa speaks about the all, the so to speak burden that we carry of the mitzvot we must observe all the time, the Shema is really our proclamation that we accept the yoke of Hashem. There is a God. And afterwards, Vahaya Im Shamoa and its rewards. In other words, if one studies this, what do we see? The person begins to understand, even intellectually, that all the benefits we have, all the parnasa, all the livelihood we have, all the beautiful things we have that the portion of Ahayam Shamoa teaches us, it's all dependent on Shamoa Tishmu. And the Shamoa Tishmu follows from Shmayis role. First, we have to feel and hear and be penetrated by the fact that there is a God in the world and this God wants us to fulfill whatever we have to so we go on to the next portion. So this is what the Melech reads and teaches all the Jewish people, men, women, and children when they come to the Beis HaMikdash in a year of Hakel. And this is what the Rav today will teach the individual who comes for advice. And after the Rav, or in times of the Beis HaMikdash, the king 
would arouse in the people the lower level of Bittl and Kabbalah soul, then the Rav will be able to bring down the highest levels of Yira'ilah, a level that a person on their very own cannot achieve without first coming to someone higher who they choose as their authority in matters of Torah and mitzvot. And the Rebbe concludes in the last paragraph of the Sicha that all this has a special connection to the times of Ikvaseh de Mashiach, the times when we are experiencing the hills of Mashiach, the eve of the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu. What is the role of Mashiach? Both of these things. Mashiach will be a Rav, as we are taught everywhere when we learn about Mashiach, that he will be the teacher of Torah to everyone, including also the Avos, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, including also Moshe Rabbeinu, and he, of course, will be the king, as we call Mashiach, Malka Mashiach, Mashiach, Melacha Mashiach. May we merit to experience this speedily in our day. Thank you.